0: On this episode of Resi Week, smart homing your rental property and/or your Airbnb. Origin Acoustics is building a luxury brand portfolio. Plus, Staples getting out of the smart home business. All that and more. Next on Resi Week, the
1: network for the AV industry.
2: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 27, recorded Monday, August 8th, 2016. Wild, Wild West. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Access Networks.
3: Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for AVNation.TV. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by. Jason Knott, the editor of CE Pro. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing great.
2: Thanks for having me.
3: Thank you so much for coming. Then we have the wonderful Delia Hansen, the VP of Marketing for Claire Controls. How are you?
2: Great.
1: Thanks for having me.
3: Thanks for coming. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, Tim Allwright, the founder of Aviation, not TV, the poor soul who decided to give me my own show.
0: I was coerced. You were? I have no other but defense. Pretty much. Yeah.
3: Nice. Anyways, let's jump right in uh, with our first story coming to us from Residential Systems. uh, It is the consumer tech spending confidence is hitting its 2016 peak. Uh, This story, as I said, comes to us from Residential Systems. It's showing that consumer confidence in technology spending keeps edging up, and in July, it reached its highest peak of the year. what does this what does this mean Jason for for integrators what, what should this show uh, to integrators looking at this?
2: Well obviously it's a positive sign and the, the thing that integrators need to figure out is how they can insert themselves in this this buying uh, spree. The one thing that I don't uh, have any real detail on in terms of I, this uh, CTA expectation survey is what level of that is DIY product? What level of mm-hmm. that is, uh, you know, uh, consumer goods? Was Did this, did Pokemon Go hardware cause a bump in July? I don't know. <laughs> um, so. No, but they
3: they do point out that, um, where is it? I just had it. Uh, la, 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 la. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, there it is. Early promotions are building interest and in momentum for back-to-school shopping. So that would that would lead us to believe that this is not, you know, it's tech spending, but it's computers, laptops, things for people going to school and college. Is that a concern, Delia? Uh,
1: well, I don't know if it's necessarily all that type of technology, the the big push most recently has been more on the wearables and the concept that new rings and new watches and more interactivity with those will come out. Um, the thing about this article that they didn't really talk about the exact numbers, and again, as you pointed out, you don't really know if it's in the consumer sector or the electronics sector the personal portable electronics or in our industry. Um, I did do some more digging um, in Kepling to try to figure out where some of the the funds had gone. Uh, Most of it's probably in retail, uh, your online retailers, specifically Walmart.com and Amazon.com. Then it showed in our sector, we were pretty much flat year over year with 2015. The thing that I really think is important is the consumer acceptance level is at an all-time high, but the actual parting of the dollars isn't matched up with the acceptance level yet. And for me, what that means is we need to be a better uh, organization at giving customers confidence in making those purchases. That's what it it means to me. It means if they're worried or um, feel that they aren't exactly ready to part with their dollars for X, Y, Mm -hmm. or Z, X, Y, or Z hasn't really differentiated itself, then they want to, but they, they want to spend money, but they don't. And I think that's our problem right now.
3: So this just keeps coming back to that whole concept of we're still trying to, as an industry, learn how to market what we do. Tim, how is – you know, CD is coming up, mm-hmm. um, and obviously CD has been going through a big change. How much – or how 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 important should dealers spend time on uh, – you know, allocating their, their marketing research and, and, really trying to push the understanding of what we do.
0: Uh, and you know what? That's a good question because that's, that's a question that infocom, the, the, the commercial side deals with mm-hmm. CD deals with and, and individual integrators deal with, um, our good buddy who's in my area, Nicola Woods, uh, Joe Whitaker. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much advertising he does, you know, on, on the radio and television and in the newspaper. Um, a lot of what residential people do is is if you if it's if it's not word of mouth, and you're trying to you know expand into a new category or a new geographic location, then you're going to have to do some amount of, of marketing and some amount of, amount of advertising. Now, is that you know traditional advertising? Probably not, but it's going to be you know getting yourself out there, and um, I don't want to say go to a local trade show, but make yourself available at. a a DIY store, right? A big box store where you can (laughs) offer your services and say, you know, this is something I can help you with. This is something I can do. I can show you how to do this, but also, you know, this is, this is what we do. We help you, uh, we help you put in nest thermostats. We help you, um, make sure that your, your house is secure. We, you know, install televisions and home theaters. Um, I don't know that the days of, of, you know, traditional advertising, um, is helping the, the residential dealer much anymore
3: yeah i would I would definitely agree it's it's something that we need to see more and more people you know really i hate to say it, but continue to actually support the support the industry and and promote the industry because so few people understand what it is that we do and if they've got those dollars ready to go it's it's jumping out to you know help them spend it lighten their wallets uh moving on from that a a really interesting story that came across. Um, our board, which I'm trying. There we go. Um, this comes to us from Telecompetitor, and uh, it's talking about the Airbnb and August Homes and, and and stuff like that. They are providing options for smart homes, and they are giving us the, uh, as far as rentees or renters, the ability to accommodate and have a uh, you know a property that is equipped with smart home tech like door locks lighting smart TVs etc and what's what's bigger news is that they are going to handle the digital key side of things and and the access to this so that people that have a uh, vacation rental with smart home features they're not responsible for providing those keys and, and that information to uh, the rentee or, or the person making use of that. How, one, how big of a deal is this? Because I, I I see this and think that this is absolutely gigantic. Um, Jason, you were, you know, as leading into this show, you were really excited about this. Um, why is this such a big deal?
2: <clears throat> well, I think this story goes hand in hand, <clears throat> excuse me, with the CTA one, because I think It's really a rising tide raises all ships. We're still in that scenario. I don't think we're looking at technology bypassing the the integration channel um, at this point. I think uh, less than 1% of the top uh, 5% of homes in the United States have even been introduced to technology. So Mm -hmm. you see a program like this, and think about when people now go on vacations and they go – this is all just a – a greater way to introduce them to technology. And I love this, this Airbnb host assist platform that, again, as you mentioned, Matt, it allows the digital key exchanges. It allows them to track the occupancy and vacancy settings mm-hmm. so they know when the people who are arriving for the rental home have arrived and when they've left. Um, they partnered with uh, Kivo, uh, uh, the Kivo Quick Set. Um, they've got Nest involved. They've got Yale Locks. They've got. Um, uh, Igloo Home, which is a, a company that does um, smart home control for an environmental sensor, and then August Door Locks, as you mentioned already. And then also um, HomeAway, which is a competitor to Airbnb, is doing the exact same thing with an, an Apple TV hospitality app that when the, the renter comes into the home, he now has an on-screen user manual in, that's set just for him as the guest of this home that matches the experience with what he's expect, expecting in uh, a major hotel, for example. So, all of this is just a. Uh, I love to see, uh, thing these new, you know, millennial type of structures, Airbnb, you know, and all the different things that are coming with this on-demand economy that we're, that's being set up, uh, driving mm-hmm. towards technology and introducing more people to it.
3: Now, Delia, as, as you know, someone who may not not you specifically, but as somebody coming in to rent a space knowing that they're moving into a smart uh, smart home or, or they're going to stay at a smart home, do you, where do you think the, the catalyst is on being excited over having all this, this cool technology at your fingertips versus the privacy of having you know, another homeowner, for example, uh, for example, knowing when you're coming in and out of their doors, being able to you know, potentially turn on the lights remotely on you and stuff like that?
1: Cool factor versus privacy factor. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you're going to have a couple different subsets of people with that acceptance level. Your younger generation doesn't seem to care at all. If I can control it with my phone, it's like, (laughs) blah, blah. The world is good, and then you've care. got an older generation who's very worried about it. The first question out of their mouth is, if, if there's a camera, can other people view it? And mm-hmm. for some reason, the younger people, they don't care if other people are viewing their cameras. Like That's not even a problem. Um, <laughs> that says something about our society, but we won't get into that right now. Uh, I think that what you're going to have are your, your basic security-type questions, mm-hmm. and then you're really going to probably get into ease of use. Right. Um, a lot of times people's issues with things become subsided when it's so easy and it's so simple that you kind of are just like, well, it's, it can't be that bad. Um, if you're just doing thermostats, door locks, and some sensors where you can turn the thermostat off if no one's in the home and, you know, get a notification that you've entered, this is not your personal property. You know, you're renting it. Whatever yes. privacy you feel you would have at a hotel, you expect to be able to take to an Airbnb, and I believe that's going to be your limitation there. I do have a question though, as far as who's paying, yeah. is this subsidized, basically? Uh,
3: I don't know. It doesn't say it. You know, I think it would come down to uh, how much the users want to put it in. But again, if you are offering that that smart TV, that you know, door lock that they can unlock from their <laughs> phone. They don't have to try and meet a stranger somewhere to get a key. Um, I think okay. most renters would would be very excited about putting that kind of stuff in.
0: So um, let, me, let me let me explain or, or relay a couple different stories about about our AB Nation's experience with Airbnb. Well,
3: they don't jump the gun. Okay, okay, I okay. I was gonna I was gonna ask you the question. Okay. This isn't your show. You're it's right. my show. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, Tim. Going, going to you. Um, we've we've traveled. We've used Airbnb Airbnb a couple of times. We've had those weird, random. Pick up the third rock from the left of the door and dig down a foot and a half into the dirt and wrapped float. in and,
0: aluminum foil.
3: Yeah, aluminum foil key. Fog, not making thing, that up. Not at all, and only <laughs> having one. Is this something that? You know, again, we've used them. Is this something that just makes life easier for everybody?
0: It, well, it, it does on, on two things, right? So, so the last two years at, at ISC, we've we've done Airbnb. Uh, it's only because it, none of us had ever been to Amsterdam before the first year, especially, and, and it was a, the first year was a great experience. The second year was, Matt, you know, alluded to it. That we had to you know turn around and, and uh, a geocache would have been lovely. Uh, a, That's a pokey, what I was going for. Yeah, yeah a, a Pokeball or a pokey stop would have been <laughs> lovely at, at the address. Um, it was wrapped in aluminum foil. It was lovely. It was hidden under four or five rocks. Um, but the other thing is is our, our first year, at, at, I had never rented a place like this, never rented a house like this in our first year. Um, we're sitting there in the, in the living room and trying to watch local Amsterdam television and not really, none of us knowing Dutch. Um, so it was, it was interesting. But I was thinking that it would have been so great to have some sort of a, a smart home system in here. Now, they did have a Nest, but that was the only smart, smart device in, in the apartment. But having an interface um, where I can bring up, either on an iPad or, or a dedicated touch panel, and be able to say, you know what, I, you, know, if you if there are, you know, here's some English language uh, channels for you all, all put together on a touch <coughs> panel, or here's how to access you know a, a camera to see who's outside. Uh, both apartments, both years were on the second floor, so being able to see when when our compatriots came back, um, from from the show or what have you, and, and being being able to let them in uh, remotely right from the second or, or, or third floor, depending on which year it was, uh, all of that would be great. In addition to that, you, you as the homeowner, you have uh, the ability to do that anywhere, right? Um, yeah. The 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 person that we rented from the second this this past year in twenty sixteen, they were on vacation. So they had to enlist uh, what their neighbor, I think that the upstairs neighbor, to yeah, let and us in down and, to and to let come down in. and let us <laughs> in. If you if you've got a smart home system like this and you're renting out your place with Airbnb or wherever, as long as it has an internet connection, you could do that from wherever you were. Uh, that right there should be you know should offset any sort of cost that you have with it. No, yes, you can spend a couple hundred grand and you can hire a Rich Fergoso to, prog- to, to program it right. Or you could, you know, put in a fact less you expensive could put system. In a couple of devices, yeah,
3: and you know, monitor it remotely. Make sure that when your guests check out, that they a checked out, and b that you can change the lock
0: change combos the combo, and, yeah. and
3: you know, delete any of that stuff. Make sure that the thermostat got turned down. If it's not something that you're in all the time, to me that's just absolutely fantastic.
0: Well, and here's the other question I have: is how do you? It goes back to the first, the first part: is is how do you market this? right as someone who is as an integrator has as a residential integrator how do you market to renters uh especially in this day and age where yes there are rental organizations and there are companies who who you know if you're looking to buy your house they're they're encouraging you at least here in, in local radio in st louis don't don't sell your house rent it through this company or other mm-hmm. there are those traditional rental agencies but now all four of us could be renters right we could all okay. four rent our home so how do you get in that market?
3: I think it's something where, you know, just like any other kind of you know niche market, if you go after that market and you market directly to them and you start a, a Google campaign or you get yourself a, a one page on your site that is dedicated to, you know, here's some information for Airbnb rentals or HomeAway rentals where we can help you with the safety and security and bring you more income. Um, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great plan. Uh, The interesting side will be how many dealers will, you know, just kind of ignore another growing little niche market. But I think we could talk Airbnb for forever because I love that place. Um, Let's move over to one of my favorite guys to watch in the industry. Uh, Jeremy Burkhart from Origins Acoustics has... uh, kind of kind of rebranded a little bit um but he's talked about how in the past he wants origin to be something more than just a standard uh speaker company he wants to build a luxury brand portfolio this comes to us from ce pro and the wonderful julie Jacobson. Mm -hmm. coming on september 1st which is just a mere matter of days away. Um, Origin will become the exclusive distributor for iRoom in the U.S. and <coughs> Mexico. Uh, all Origin dealers will instantly become authorized iRoom dealers, but of course they'll have to qualify for it, etc. All that other fun stuff. The So a couple really interesting things out of this, and, and I'm going to jump to you first. Um, one, this is... Fantastic for Iron because it's going to essentially boost their current active dealership level from 400 to a thousand. Um, what does this mean for for origin dealers? But more importantly, what does this mean down the road? Is is Jeremy going to continue to push this into a, a, much, a much bigger, bigger company?
1: company? I hope so. Um, <laughs> we're doing the same thing. So we've, we've stopped producing products that we can't produce faster and less expensively than a competitor and just partnered with them to redistribute it as part of our solution and just made sure that we integrate great with it. I think that other companies in our space are going to need to do that because it's mm-hmm. very disparate mm-hmm. right now. And <clears> that's kind <throat> of the reason we're doing this. So I would love to see them take over the luxury space and be able to provide all of the things you need to have a complete system from one space, give the dealers an easy access point to it, keep a high level of quality behind their installations and certifications and and really make it easier for the dealer to make a sound choice. That's kind of the it kind of echoes back from our first story where if consumers want to spend money, why aren't they? Well because mm-hmm. They don't feel confident in their decision. And when you have the manufacturer saying the same story as the dealer does, you now build two layers of confidence for a consumer. Very good. Preferably, Cedia would follow up with that and be the third level of confidence for the consumer, and then you have the trifecta of people opening <laughs> their wallets and giving money for days. So that we, I don't know. That's like my whole distribution.
3: <laughs> you should send that to Cedia. I, I'm sure they'd like to hear it. <laughs> Jason, um does this signal because when you know, given Jeremy's history and him leaving Speakercraft and what Speakercraft became and and all of that, how I, I don't want to say how is this different, but is this not sort of something that he kind of railed against with what happened with Speakercraft where where that company you know, got obtained and then became one of just a plethora of other companies that were all mixed in together. Is this different? Is this the same?
2: I don't think it's, um, it's opposite of what he tried. If you recall at SpeakerCraft, he tried to develop Nerve, which was a home automation system Mm -hmm. that was coming out of at the time, totally groundbreaking for anybody to think that a speaker company should, should even um, attempt to get into the home automation space, but he saw the writing on the wall um, since then. We've seen, as Delia mentioned, think of all the brands that are diversifying now. And I mean, you could look at the cross pollination buying that takes place within a brand like Snap AV, or you see the latest quarterly report from Control 4, and you see the numbers that they're doing. In the conversion of the package dealers over into the control four into control four dealers, it makes total sense, and uh, I think he was ahead of the time um, back in his days at Speakercraft. So I'm, I'm applaud this effort. Plus, it makes sense because uh, you know Chris Lennon, who worked with him for many years at Speakercraft, um, is there at I-Room, and they've got a great relationship.
1: Very good. Well, I also think it's a little different than what happened before, in the fact that he now has a real focus and goal into why he's acquiring additional brands. Brands through growth through acquisition isn't always the best way to grow, unless there's a focused reason for doing so. And I think that his second time around, he has that.
3: Well, I must say, you know, being and full disclosure, we're we're actually origin dealers. it seems to be a much more focused approach, even just with Origin in general, than what it was with SpeakerCraft. Um, so it, it's something that, as a as a a uh, you know uh, a seller of his products, we'd like to, because we went down that, that SpeakerCraft route as well, we'd really like to see how it's tightened up, shall we say. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, a Snap AV is acquiring anything they can to increase their portfolio and have a higher amount of dollars go, you know, higher volume. Completely. Like
3: all Completely.
1: At least One for again. us, we want to do it in a way that's focused to give the consumer an excellent experience. We'll continue to integrate with more brands, but the ones mm-hmm. that we resell have a purpose.
3: Well, and it's that same, it's that same approach that I feel that all integrators should, you know, strive to achieve, is you don't need to sell 40 speaker lines. You need to sell two, and you need to know those lines. And I'm always concerned with someone who says, oh, we'll get you, you know, we're dealers for everything. We can get you everything. It's like, well, maybe maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should know what you're, what you're doing. Um, not to say that those people don't, but they probably don't. Um, let's hit our, our last story real quick. And uh, this is one that kind of makes me feel just a little bit. Uh, this comes to us from CNET. It seems Staples had a smart home platform, which I was unaware of. Uh, as was, I believe, most of our panel today. Um, but it seems they they actually had a smart home platform, like everyone else in the world. Um, oh, and it's dying. It's dead. They, uh, they've sold it off already. Does this... Hey, is this a surprise to anyone else? Was, it, was anyone else aware that they had this line? No. no. Nice. Good chorus. A flash of no.
1: in the pan before anybody even knew.
3: Well, and, and so that, that, that's why I wanted to cover this story, not to snicker uh, upon Staples trying to have a Staples Connect IoT company, um, but to look at this from the approach of how bad is this for our industry? How much does this hurt our industry um, when you have everyone and their, and their brother trying to have some form of smart home platform. Jason, is, is this something that, you know, we, we've talked about kind of extensively on the show, how dealers need to market what we do. How bad is it when the consumer is walking into, for example, in this case, a Staples one week and sees this hot and shiny brand new uh, smart home technology and then next week it's completely gone? What does that do to us as
2: an industry? Well, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before. It's still We're still at the wild, wild west stage of home automation. Um, again, I think I saw a statistic. I think I mentioned it before that less than uh, 1% of the top 5% of homes in the United States have even been introduced to home automation. So that you're going to see these sorts of things happen. I think that the bigger trend that I see is that the ones that don't seem to be um, pulling through, we're seeing success at the telecom level and um, the cable TV level and that kind of stuff. The people who are in the home, but the retail level seems to be um, a struggle, you know, with whether it's this platform or Wink or whatever it might be. So um, uh, I think the, inter- the more interesting part of that story from CNET is that Z Wave Alliance purchased. All of the inventory mm-hmm. from staples, I find that I found that to be actually the most interesting fact that came out of that
3: and they licensed the brand name yeah you know, to to use the brand name going forward um, Delia, because obviously you work for clear controls and you guys have a great automation platform um, does this type of situation does this affect you in any way, or can you is there a way in which you can I don't want to say profit, but that you can benefit from this type of situation?
1: Um, I would hate to say we're profiting from the demise of somebody else. That well, seemed... and it twice, that I,
3: I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: sounds so terrible. You put me at a loss for words even, and that's mm-hmm.
3: hard. <laughs> it was um, a challenge, and I would want it. Yes.
1: I... I have noticed that of all of the products that tend to not be able to make it, it's the ones that attempt to unify other smart devices, the actual platforms. Mm-hmm. You don't really see the door locks going out of business because you've got an app that controls the door lock. It does seven different things. The customer gets it. It's the end of the story. It's when you try to combine them into a an intelligent single system where you run into issues. And personally, I think that that's one of those – come from another industry, think you're going to be able to make something happen because you've done it in some other world, and all you're going to do is apply the six things that you know need to be done in order for this to work, and then magically in the end you're going to have a a fantastically successful product that gives the customer a wonderful experience because you've done it before. Um, I think that's why nobody really, really major has come into our market space and said we found the answer. Uh, It's not as simple as that when it comes to how much human interactivity and expectation is involved and how much a simple experience is virtually impossible to deliver. So what I learned from this is nobody is going to have an easy time of breaking into the actual smart home platform space. Um, And that means when we do finally find a few vendors who can, you're going to want to latch onto them immediately because they're going to take you to the finish line.
3: Well, and that's, that's gotta be one of the biggest things that's, you know, brought success for clear controls is that you guys are in the, you're in the industry. You know what, you know, we as integrators want just as well as you know what the, the end user, the consumer wants. Um, Is that, is that true? Is that accurate?
1: Well, as much as anybody who's been in the insulation business understands what a consumer wants, you know, you, you get a large number of consumers, they tell you what they want, you figure out what it really means that they want from what they told you, try to deliver that, and if they don't call you back with a problem, you, you kind of know you got it right. Achieved it. <laughs> you cheated. You it because no Brilliant. one's called you back. Um, I think that we, that it, this is one of the main reasons why I work for this company. I, I truly believe we've been able to come up with that. Recipe to deliver a simple user experience that gives a homeowner what they expect, and I really, I really do truly believe that. So the three articles we went through today perfectly align with everything I'm doing. It's been shockingly amazing. So I and love this. Show. the whole
3: show to you. The entire show is the Whole to
1: you. show was all about play
3: <laughs> Very nice, Tim. Would you like the last word on the the demise of Staples Connect?
0: I, I, uh, yeah sure I didn't realize it's staples had one. On I don't care. um no I, here's the thing I, I it is kind of sad because uh, i I look at the the Lowes initiative and the home depot initiative and, and it didn't even though I didn't know about this initiative this initiative and it goes back to like Jason said the, the first thing we talked about how do you get the the common consumer to know what it is we do well, you put it in front of them right mm-hmm. uh that's why i you know i I don't bemoan. Uh, home automation and, and smart home and IoT devices being in Best Buy, or being on Amazon, or being you know wherever it is that, that the mass consumers are. That's why I love the fact that Sonos had a Super Bowl commercial, right? Um, I think that any time you can get into the mass market, it's going to be a good thing for our industry. Um, you know there are there are fewer and fewer multi-million dollar homes that these home automation systems can go in. Um, you know I think that. As, this, as our industry matures, we're going to have to get into the, the mid-range uh, products and, and mid-range projects uh, for whether it's, you know, a, a, not even a full-scale uh, home theater system. Just somebody that wants to come in and walk in and have their lights turn on and have all that put together. Delia mentioned, you know, the, the folks that, who have failed are, are these one products that are trying to grab everybody together. That's what you guys do, though, right? That's, that's what an integrator does is they integrate, Mm-hmm. All of these disparate products, and they do it in on, a, on a phenomenal level. And I, I think if the average consumer, the average voter, the average person you know walking down the street who sees these different things, who sees Jarvis on on Iron Man, and goes, "That's really cool. Why can't I do that?" Uh, you know, because I can do this with my phone. I can do this with my phone. So why can't I do it all together? We have to connect that person with you guys. And once that happens, you know, you know, there's no stopping you guys.
3: Very, very true. All right. Well, that uh, just about does it for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, Jason, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you?
2: They can uh, obviously find me at cepro.com or on Twitter at, at jasonwnot and uh, email jknott@ehpub.com.
3: at ehpub.com. Very good. Delia, it was a pleasure uh, being on the show with you today. Uh, since we tailored it completely to you, um, if people want to connect with you uh, or connect with Claire Controls, where can they where can they do that?
1: com and I'm at Twitter at Delia underscore Delia_Hanson.
3: Very very good, Timothy. Thank you for joining me.
1: No
0: problem, sir. Anything. Where can people find you? Uh, I or or do I need to plug you? <laughs> oh, you know, like, uh, technically <laughs> my my Twitter is TD Tim David Albright. Um, but uh, the website is the best place for me.
3: Very good. Uh, you can find myself, if you'd like to connect with me, on Twitter at MattBScott uh, and pretty much every other social platform under that. Uh, but more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you can find this show and a variety of our other shows. When you do visit the site, please make sure you uh, swing over and take a look at our underwriters. They support us and we'd appreciate it if you'd support them. Thank you for watching this episode of Resi Week, uh, and we'll see you next week.